Hey, good morning, great day, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're having a wonderful week ahead planned and you had a great weekend and looking forward to making it happen this week. Hey, question for you. What are your plans for the week? This is a huddle. We're huddling around. What are we doing? What's going on? What are your plans for the day? How many people are you going to call? How many people are you going to reach out to to build your business, to build your enterprise? What are you going to do about those things to make that happen? Did you sit down last night and overview your past week's work? And did you make a plan for this coming week? I hope you did. I'm sure you did. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this. And if you didn't, well, take the time tonight, okay? Set a goal for the day today, but sit down tonight and make a plan for the rest of the week so that way you have something to look forward to, people to help, people to follow up with, so you can build your business and make it happen. And one of those things we're going to be talking about today, which is a great opportunity to really wrap around an understanding, as you guys know, in the real estate world, okay, that it's important that you control your business, you control your inventory. You know, there's two, pe- two types of agents out there. One agent is the boss and one agent is the employee. The question is, what do you want to be? And either one can work. No problem. You can make some good money as an employee. You can make some great money as a boss. So I think the question for you is, what is it that you really want to do? And I got a question the other day from a client of mine, and we're going to be talking about that today regarding personality styles and where they might fit into the world of of, of their business. And my response to him, if he's listening to this or maybe getting it before our meeting, we're going to be talking about it for sure. And that is versatility in the whole process of making your decision whether you want to be a great listing agent or do you want to be a buyer's agent. And frankly, guys, I'm going down the path today of talking about successfully listing properties and having a successful presentation. Now, I'm not going to talk about how to get to them. What I'm going to touch on today is some tips on having a successful presentation. Guys, you know, most agents can relate to the frustration of of really losing a listing presentation. There's nothing worse in the world. You know, after you've invested both time and money in marketing or prospecting, whatever you're doing to draw people into your world, diligently following up on prospects, leads, finally getting, you know, finally you get it and secure a great listing appointment face-to-face. And guys, it's demoralizing at best to lose the listing after so much hard work, especially if you can't pinpoint why you didn't get the listing. Question is, did you get the competitor? Uh, Did your competitor take your listing from you because they offered a lower commission or priced the home at an unrealistically higher price? Were your credentials not impressive to the seller? Did you stumble over important parts of your presentation? Did the seller opt to list with a friend or a relative? Did you present enough compelling benefits as to why they listed with somebody, as to why they did not list with you? Okay. The question is, guys, why did they not choose you? Okay. So most agents, very typically, guys, in my experience, and I go through this with my coaching very often, they can't answer these important questions, resigning themselves to the philosophy, guys, that you win some and you lose some. Do you ever hear that statement? Do you ever say that to yourself? Okay, you win some, you lose some. And guys, listen, the problem is that they don't know how to really diagnose what they did wrong and how to fix it. In your journey to convert, 
a seller prospect into a paying client, you'll have many important touch points throughout the whole process. And getting a prospect to respond to your marketing, your ads, and following up with them on the phone to book a face-to-face meeting are key hurdles all along the way, but your actual listing presentation is clearly the most important contact in the funnel of building your business. And guys, in most cases, you'll be in you'll be in competition with other agents who have uh, who who have been asked to present their credentials as well. It is during this presentation that you get the opportunity to show your would-be clients what makes you the best and most obvious choice. So, guys, think about it this way. It's kind of like a book. A good presentation should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And like a book, your presentation should tell a story. Far more than dry presentation of facts and figures and, and specifics, your listing presentation, think about this, should be compelling in a way that draws your prospect in emotionally. Now, your goal is to engage your prospect so that they can find the answers to their spoken and unspoken questions in what you're presenting. Now, parts of your presentation should be customized for each prospect. For example, what you present and or by demonstrating your knowledge of their specific home, their neighborhood, uh, by explaining the benefits in a way that's best suited to their personality style. We'll talk about that in a second. But guys, here's the deal. The bulk of your presentation, however, will have a common backbone and leading them through the benefits in a logical and compelling manner. And here's the bottom line, guys. You never want to wing your presentation. Always guide your prospect through a visual or a physical presentation that is able to enforce your point that you're trying to make to them so they can make a decision and that decision is to list with you. My goal for you as a, as a coach and as a, an individual who is listening to me as a layperson from that perspective is to get your mindset wrapped around that you should be listing and could be listing at least 85 to 90% of the appointments that you go on, if not 100% in some cases, on an ongoing and consistent basis. So I'm going to give you about 10 points uh, to this whole process, and we're going to go through this and take some notes. I hope you have a piece of paper out and a pencil, and you're writing down these thoughts. If not, come back to this later for sure. Sit down, go to realprofitbuilders.com, download this recording, sit down and focus in on it, and then evaluate your situation. As I said, diagnose what's going on, what went well, what you can do to improve. And this is a very, very important factor that you sit down after your presentations and you evaluate what is going on so that way you can make improvements as you move forward in your business. Nothing to worry about here. Just get it down and figure it out. So guys, here's the first thought that I'm going to cover with you. And and here's what I want you to think about. You know, the term salesperson has a negative connotation to these days. And, and I need you to stop thinking about yourself in this manner. Not that you're not in sales and not that you are a salesperson, but in and of itself, the connotation that people perceive about salespeople is fairly negative. You know, there's a lot of industries that have continued, that have contributed to this perception that a salesperson is slick and they're fast talking, product pusher, you know, out there, out there to take advantage, uh, regardless of whether they're benefits the customers or not. And, and, and guys, listen. 
It's not that I don't advocate being a great salesperson. There's a huge distinction out there. I think people misunderstand that when they understand the process here. Our business is marketing and sales. As I said, I think the other day, marketing draws people in where on the other side, sales gets them to make a decision. Being, being skillful and having a systematic approach to that whole deal there. Now, the school of salesmanship is the same one that tries to convince you that you have to learn to love rejection. Okay. Oftentimes there's great coaches out there that teach this and I'm not into that. You know what? It's not to love rejection is to love what you do and that you're out there to value, uh, give value to your marketplace. So guys, here, here's the bottom line. Who really wants to sit there and love rejection? Yeah. You got to take it. You're going to get rejected. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen. You just have to accept it. You don't have to love it. You just have to accept that fact. And so, um, I'm not in the mindset of, 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 of being in love with rejection. I'm in the mindset of accepting that it's going to be a part of the process. And frankly, they're not rejecting me anyway. So I don't really take it personally. And I'm hoping that you're writing this down, that they're not rejecting me. They're rejecting my offer that I'm presenting to them at that time. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. We cannot convince people to make decisions that they're not ready to make. So at the end of the day, Keep that in mind when it comes to selling. Selling is what you have to do when you lack any real or meaningful customer benefits. And guys, you know what? I can honestly tell you that I didn't do any selling. If I go back and think about my business and what I've done, whether it's as a coach, a trainer, a real estate salesperson, selling my businesses, selling seminars that I did with Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and some great thought leaders around the world, I did no selling in my presentations to prospects because, quite frankly, I didn't have to. And frankly, neither do you. The the goal here, of course, is at the end of the day is to get your prospects to say yes so you can get into the business of helping them solve a problem, sell their home, and then you earn your commissions. While the specific language you use is an important part of obtaining the yes, Also critical is the strategy that's underpinning your presentation, the elements you bring, and how you will present these elements, and so on. So I have given literally thousands of presentations in my career, all right? Now, I'm not saying that to impress you, but... I'm going to, I want to impress upon you that the fact is that giving thousands of presentation gives, gives thousands of presentations, gives us an edge in understanding how to best move forward. And I'm going to share some simple principles with you. And I'm going to go probably through this a couple of days. I'm going to cover some book points today. And then tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk about some other specifics about how to deliver a great presentation and some of the great qualities of presenters that are important. So let's talk about number one. Today is leverage your brain first. You know, guys, before running out to meet a prospect, you got to aggressively qualify them first. You've heard this before, and if not, I'm telling you for the first time, this is the this is critically important. You've got to qualify people first. You've heard it said, you're not going to go to a doctor and then just and you say to them, I've got a headache, and they're going to say, great, let's go do some brain surgery in the morning after our cup of coffee. They're going to have to qualify you first before you go on. And you should be presenting only to motivated people whose timing is now. Otherwise, you're going to be wasting your time. 
Okay, otherwise you're going to be wasting your time. Before you book a face-to-face appointment, always ask the prospect several qualifying questions, and you should have them. And if not, email me, Mike and Mike Husson. I'll get you over some qualifying questions about their motivation, their desires, their needs, their timing, all of that about their property. Several factors come into the qualifying process. And one of the most important questions you should be asking is, will you be speaking with other realtors? Okay, which leads me to point number two. Always position yourself as the last in. Now, sometimes you can't do this, but in an ideal circumstance, and you know, I've done it both ways and I've been very successful both ways. And frankly, I've failed it both ways. All right. But at the end of the day, here's the deal about coming in as the last person in the likely event that your prospect tells you over the phone that they're going to be interviewing other agents. Always ask them to present last. And the question is why? Well, last in strategy is the best position because it leaves you top of mind as the prospect makes their decision and allows you to deal with any criticisms other agents have raised about you or other competitors head on after the fact. It gives you the opportunity to have a last word. And most importantly, it gives your prospect permission to list with you that evening because they've already done all of the other information gathering. A very powerful position to be in. Now, as long as you have a, as long as you're as, as long as you're better than the other agents, okay, not as good as them, but you're better than the other agents and you've separated your marketing dominating position with them, your unique selling proposition with them, they're going to list the house with you. And all they have to do is say, where do I sign the contract? So at the end of the day, all you have to do, if they're listening with somebody, if they're meeting with other people, listen, guys, I'd like to come in last. Obviously, you've made the decision to interview people because you want to make the right decision. Is that correct? Yes. Great. Well, since you're going to be meeting with other people, please do not make any decisions until you've had the opportunity to meet with me. And then you can make the final decision at that point because it's the smart thing to do. Wouldn't you agree? And if you make them feel like they're making a smart decision about meeting with you last and the fact that they're making a smart decision because they are interviewing other people, okay, it is a smart thing to do. They're going to listen carefully. And when the other agents come in and try to close them on signing that contract, they're going to say, listen, I want to meet with everybody because I'm a smart person, (laughs) okay? And it's a very unconscious thing. So make them feel good about interviewing other people, especially when they made the decision to do that. Good for you. Congratulations. It's a smart thing to do. All right, guys. So listen, you know, I'm going to go through several points here and I'm going to probably go through a couple more and I'll wrap this up tomorrow because this is really, really important. I'll probably stretch this out for a couple of days and you know how I am. I can go on forever here, but I want to make sure that I give you some value because this is a very, very incredible and important topic. So let's go to point number, uh, where am I at here? Point number three, and then we'll continue on tomorrow. So that way you guys can get to work this morning. Okay. Number three today, and then we'll continue with the rest tomorrow is make sure that you're presenting to all decision makers. I heard a recording the other day from one of my clients. God bless him. Make it happen. He recorded something for me. And I encourage you guys to record your presentations, a very powerful thing. And I'm hearing something in the presentation. I didn't know it until a part of the presentation. And I kind of noticed it because I didn't hear anybody else speaking except one person. And I'm going on the assumption that this individual is on his own anyway. Until he said, well, I'm going to show this to my wife. And then I said to myself, and I noted my client, 
Where is the wife? And then the son came into the deal, okay, in this particular meeting, all right? Guys, oftentimes that does not have to happen at all. And frankly, it should never happen. It's going to be up to you to decide that everybody is going to be in that meeting. At the end of the day, guys, there is no point in presenting to half of the decision makers. I call them one-legged presentations, okay? There's three legs to a stool. There's the seller, there's two sellers, and then there's you, the salesperson. And if you're presenting to only one of them, what are they going to obviously say? Well, I got to talk to my wife. I got to talk to my husband. I got to talk to my partner. Whatever the case is, you don't want to go in and talk to only one part of the presentation. When you book your appointment, you want to make sure that all of the parties will be who will be involved in the decision will be present. And in most cases, you're going to be presenting more to one person, uh, to more than one person, a husband and a wife in, in, in some situations or other partners, whatever the case is. And it's a big mistake to cause one or the other to feel alienated because you inadvertently focused on your discussion on one or not the other person. And that person not being there, that's where you're being not good. You're not being a great salesperson. So guys, remember both parties need to be a part of the presentation. They need to be part of the decision-making process, whether you they get you hired or not. So you ensure that you're going to sit beside each of them, enabling them to, to, to feel comfortable and, and, and work through the process together. Now, here's one last point about this piece right here when it comes to working with decision-makers. It kind of folds into this, but a lot of people don't think about this. Oftentimes, when you set an appointment, you're qualifying one of the parties. And then when you go to the presentation, if there happens to be another party, whatever the case is, you often, oftentimes people will go into a presentation and they'll only focus their presentation on the person that they spoke with on the phone. And, and, and very little, they're, and oftentimes they're bringing in the other party without even telling them or addressing the conversation that they had with the first person. In other words, you qualify Bill, you get to the house, you need to bring Mary into the fold. Mary, I spoke to Bill on the phone. I asked him several questions. I'm going to review those questions with the both of you here now. And if you have any comments, Mary, about what Bill said, please let's address it now. And then now she is involved in the conversation with you. Guys, that is it for today. I'm going to leave the cliffhanger because there is, there's, what do I have? Seven, maybe more points to this whole process. And I'm going to kick it off tomorrow for you. So listen, go through these basic points today. I'll cover these. Don't worry about it. You're going to have some good beef on the bone when you're finished with this list that I'm going to go through. And then additional thoughts that I'm going to continue to go through because this is a very, very important area of your business. So listen, go out, make it a great day. Take this information, go to realprofitbuilders.com, get your plans in order for this week and go out there and get some appointments for yourself. We will talk to you tomorrow.